In less than a year, our podcast has gone from an average of 10,000 downloads a month to 50,000 downloads. What made the difference? You leaving us a five-star review. The more positive reviews, the more the algorithm picks us up, and more people are confronted by the law and gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us press forward the crown rights of King Jesus by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks. There are many treasures of Babylon, or in this case, Canaan, that are ripe for the Christian to plunder. Greece is ours. It belongs to the Christian. Rome is ours. It belongs to the Christian. Babylon is ours. It belongs to the Christian. And Canaan, it belonged to covenant Israel. And all that was there, there were certain things that God specified. These devoted things belong to my house. Or these things should be burned with fire and destroyed. But most of the plunder, God permitted Israel to take for themselves. And so what we find as a principle is this. There are many treasures in Babylon or Canaan that are ripe for the Christian to plunder. Why? Because all truth is God's truth. So whatever is true is true. Whether the church believed it or whether Babylon believed it. If it's true, it's true. Two plus two being four is true no matter what time or what place because it's God's truth. And if a particular place and a particular culture is good at engineering and Christians discover some of the things that they have learned and developed over decades or even centuries, if those things are in fact true, we should take them. So what we find at the end of verse 6 of our text today is unique. And I want you to hear the disclaimer. This is not a general, universal commandment to Christians in all places and all times. Never use the resources of unbelievers. That's not the message from the text. This is a unique commandment. This is a particular, specific commandment given to Israel in this place, in this time. Because Israel did, in fact, as we find later in our text, Israel did, in fact, plunder the treasures of all these northern tribes in Canaan. There's only one thing that God says they can't have. Two things, to be precise. One is the city of the first king, the king of Hazor, who is the one who deliberately decided to rally all the other kings to come against Israel. All the other kingdoms in Joshua chapter 11, right? Because they all joined together. It's not just one kingdom. It's, it's many kings, many kingdoms, many tribes all at once so that their number is like a great horde. And all of the cities, all of them, spare one. Israel is allowed, permitted by God, to go inhabit those cities, which is actually a fulfillment. It is a fulfillment of what God had already previously spoken through Moses to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, that you will live and inhabit cities that you did not build. This is a sign of God's grace and kindness, another one of his gifts 
to his covenant people Israel. Not only will I give you land, you won't even have to build some of your cities in the land. You'll just kind of walk in. Oh, there's my house. I get the land, I get the house, I get this, I get that. Not even just the house, I, I like, look at the appliances. Man, these Canaanites were doing well for themselves. Thanks God, it's mine now. And that's, that's the, the lion's share of what God does. It's the minority report throughout the book of Joshua when God says, no, you don't get to plunder this. You don't get to have this. So in the case of Joshua 11, there's only one city, one king, one, one specific place that they're called to burn, to completely and utterly destroy with fire, not just the inhabitants, but the stuff, their wealth, their resources. And it's the resources of the city of the particular king who devised this rebellion against Israel and ultimately against God. And so it's fitting. God is saying something in that. He's saying, you can't have this city. This city can't just be redeemed. This city needs to be destroyed. Because the rebellion of the federal head of this city, namely the king, was so great that I want to wipe it off of the map so that not even a stain of its history remains. And that's one of God's greatest judgments, by the way. It's not just death, destruction. One of God's greatest judgments that we find out through, through the entirety of Scripture is this. It is to completely erase the heritage and future lineage of a people or an individual person so that their line is cut off. One of God's greatest judgments is to end the line of a family, a household, a man, or a nation. That there's no posterity, no future descendants to remember their heritage, to continue what they've done. And so what God is doing in the case of Jabin, the king of Hazor, because he's the one, all the kings were wicked, but he's the one who devised the plot to come against Israel, ultimately signifying his rebellion against God himself, is to end his lineage, end his heritage, and, and to, in a sense, add insult to injury. Not only wiping out his descendants, his people, but even the place that they once inhabited. That it would be a desolate place, a forgotten place. So in Joshua 11, there are two, as I said, two instances where God says, you can't have this to his children, Israel. In every other instance, God says, it's yours. Plunder Babylon. All truth is God's truth. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Not only will you get the land, you get the house, you get the stuff. It's all yours because God is gracious. See point A all the way back. To verses 1 through 6, God is gracious. You can't outgive God. He is generous, abundant in kindness. But the two things that God says you can't have, these must be destroyed with fire. One is the city of the original king who devised the plot against Israel. Two, the horses and the chariots. The horses don't get to be redeemed. They don't get to be plundered. Not in this instance. Again, not a universal rule for all, all times and all places. God's not against horses. 
But these horses he was. These horses had to be hamstrung. And these chariots, God is not universally against chariots, but these chariots had to be burned. 